It's now time for Counterpoint. We've got Mike Van Solen, Principal of Navigator, and Jeremy Richler, Corporate Lawyer here in the GTA. So you heard my interview with the President of the OFL. He clearly did not want to talk about the financial issues that plagued uh, his organization not so long ago, uh, where they had to cut <clears throat> things like benefits and staff. I think it's slightly hypocritical that they will go after a private business for trying to do kind of the same thing uh, that they're doing. Where where are you on this, Mike? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you hit him uh, right between the eyes on this one. Uh, the Ontario Federation of Labor is using this as an opportunity to try to organize uh, the fast food industry. They are um, fanning the flames of uh, sort of anger as, as such as it exists around this issue. Um, it is a huge distraction. It is an attempt by them to, uh, as I said, organize uh, the fast food industry, and particularly the Tim franchise. That would be a jewel in their crown. Um, but... They, they face the same business realities that the Tim Hortons franchise owners are facing. And when your uh, cost structure of your business changes, there's implications to that. Um, that's what Tim Hortons franchise owners are doing. And that's what the Ontario Federation of Labor did uh, in all its wisdom just a couple of years ago. And it seems to be a question he didn't want to answer. Yeah, look, so they're back on their feet. Great. But, the, the you know they had the opportunity to do so. The The thing that made my eyeballs almost pop out of my head was when he said, yeah, I want to unionize every worker in Ontario, to which I think you would see a mass exodus of businesses, Jeremy, in the province. Well, well I mean, I take your point about the, the inconsistencies there, but to get back to the issue, the franchisees that have started this action have really... All, I think two, they're losing all the, two of them. The, Let's two, of them two, two of them. But they are losing this public relations war, and Kathleen Wynne is winning it. I've gone on record of saying that I thought the, the wage increase was too rapid. Uh, I personally would have gone from 1160 to 1275, and then up to 14 over a few more years, and then indexed it to inflation. That would have been my plan. I thought this was a little bit, but the thing is, they had ample notice that this was coming, no, and no, the way no, that no, they no, did no. it, it was ample so notice. no, no. What are you well, then you, about? the thing was, well, then you in June. It's not like they found out on December thirtieth. And the Hold thing on, is, let no, me no, interrupt. No, let no, me, no, but let me point out: three years ago, the premier signed legislation saying they weren't going to raise interest well, or, uh, minimum wage oh, without the uh, rate of you've, inflation. You've said that, but they, well, you they can't said, deny uh, it. But they gave six months' notice that this was Ooh. coming. It so, wasn't down with with and and the thing is, they um. They said that it was coming, and I understand business would be upset, and I think Miss Wynn had to expect that. Like I said, this isn't the way I would have rolled it out, but as they've as it's turned out, they you know you have people that now want to boycott Tim's. I don't think that's the answer. Like I said, it's only two franchisees, but this is an issue, and I know we're trying to deflect it now to the Ontario okay. Federation well, of Labor. No, no, but this no, is an issue. This is an issue. issue that the right is losing, and that the Liberals are <laughs> winning. And I bet you, in the next few days, you're going to see a poll that gives Kathleen Wynne a bit of a bounce, much to your chagrin, because she. I mean, and 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 like I said, I would have done it differently. But they're still winning this Jer one. Jeremy, you are agreeing to the very premise that conservatives criticized this move for. They went too fast, and you agreed they went too fast. I do. And that is the whole problem with this plan. Everybody, conservatives, anybody, anybody in this province wants to see real incomes increase. Agreed. But... You have to do it at a pace that businesses can deal with. And I'm not disagreeing it. with you. The, 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 well, I know, you are by I saying know. six months. It got six months. But what I'm saying... But, and the, the minimum wage is already in, in indexed to inflation. It was... all We already see real incomes rising in this province, and they have enforced businesses to uh, swallow a pill that is too big. And I guess what I'm... I'm not disagreeing with you there. In fact, I think we have some common here, ground here. here, here. What Stop. I'm saying, though, Stop. is that the two... And it's too bad because it's maligning the company when it was only two franchisees. 
degrees. When you have two of them, one of them, you know, the children of Tim Hortons. Right, very I don't wealthy, want to relitigate because we, we talked I'm just about saying it that the PR on the part of these franchisees was terrible. I don't disagree with the substance of the issue. I agree with the move. But also another point that I want to bring in here that he got into the interview, yes, I think there will be some some adjustments, but the economy is doing well and the sky won't fall. That point I will agree with. Well, well, no, even the Bank of Canada says we'll lose 60,000 jobs. So um, I don't know if that's quite the sky falling, but that is is a very negative uh, impact. But that's just, yeah. And... And I also want to say, just because there's two uh, franchisees who, you know, two businesses where people don't quite like how it's played out, that does not prove that the plan was right. Yeah, and by the way... But politically it's working. Hold on, (laughs) but but look, it's starting to get out that prices are going up, Costco's being named now, other companies are being named now, and it's going to continue happening. It's not like they did a PR move on this, someone leaked it out. I want to move on to the next uh, issue because this is interesting. Uh, Churches and religious groups up in arms because of a clause in a Canada summer jobs application that requires them to endorse access to abortion in order to get funding. Now, this is a change that the Liberals made aimed directly at anti-abortion groups that got funding in the past, and they're being forced to accept this liberal position and abandon core beliefs. Trudeau, Mr. Trudeau, was at a town hall in Hamilton this morning. He doubled down on this issue. Take a listen. So many of the great community organizations uh, that we have working incredibly hard are faith-based across this country, and it's an important and wonderful part of our society. It does, however, mean, and this is where we get to the crux of the matter, that an organization that has the explicit purpose of restricting women's rights by removing uh, rights to uh, abortion, the rights for women to control their own bodies, is not in line uh, with uh, where we are as a government and, quite frankly, where we are as a society. Okay, so, you know, Jeremy, I'll let you start on this. Why the heck are we funding any of this crap? Well, I mean, the thing is, I I, I agree that... These uh, grants are being done to help young people their summer jobs. So, I mean, I think that we should be doing it. To your point, I mean, I I take a little bit of a different view. I mean, being very much pro-choice myself, uh, I do believe that, you know, Section 2 of the Charter, which is freedom of conscience and religion, I'm not going to say overrides um, Section 7, but I, I do think that groups that are pro-life, it's one thing to do what he's doing with his caucus, but I don't think that should negate certain groups that are bringing in refugees and doing things that we want from getting funding. But um, the, the point I'm making is that I think that it's uh, a good idea what I, th- I think that the government needs to... Um, realize that uh, people can have different views. But the point I was making is that getting a grant doesn't mean that the government can discriminate and the government can, I don't want to say discriminate, but can have an attestation clause to indicate that if you want to get this grant, there are strings attached. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You can't do that. No. (laughs) Look, this is, is, is again, just out of control and woolly thinking on the part of the government. It is one thing for them to say uh, it, they are connecting two things that are disparate. If they want to make sure that groups don't get funding through, through for a summer jobs grant program, that they don't want to get it, figure out how to do that. What you don't do is have make everybody who wants to sign on to this program have to sign some form saying, we believe in the world the way you believe in the world, Mr. Trudeau. The problem with the Trudeau government on these type of issues is they protest to being in favor of a pluralistic society. 
But what they're really in favor of is you can believe anything you want as long as you yeah, believe what we want. Exactly. Yeah. But I guess the point that I'm making is, and I take your point, that is fair. But what I guess what I'm seconds. saying is if they're going to be providing the grant, they have the right to say there are strings attached to it. If it was the well, provision that, no. of a service or a basic right, I would agree that would be a contravention of the charter. But in this case, I think they do have that right. But your point is taken. However, these groups are also taxpayers. I say neither side should get anything and we shouldn't be paying for crap like this. All right, we got a break there because we're up against a hard break. When we come back, we'll continue with uh, Counterpoint. We'll talk a little bit about uh, kids and cops, whether cops should be in school. An interesting new study says yes. I'm Alex Pearson. You're listening to On Point here on Global News Radio. All right, great to have you here with us on point. We're at Counterpoint with Jeremy Richler and Mike Van Solen. Solen. Um, Let's talk a little bit about uh, this issue of should cops be in our kids' school? The Toronto District School Board, you may recall, back in August, completely folded like a cheap suit uh, because a very small but active vocal um, group of activists argued that police in schools were seen as intimidating students. So they pulled it right out and suspended the program. Well, a three-year study out of Peel Region by Carleton University finds that police in schools actually is working really well, making kids feel safe, students are feeling less stressed, missing less classes. They did better, and they're not afraid of bullying anymore. I'll let you start on this point, Mike. Um, You know, we've got the study now, which they didn't do in the Toronto District School Board. So, you know, was this just an activist move by an activist uh, board? Should they be revamping it and going back to it? I I guess a few things. I don't know how much weight to put to the study exactly. It's I'm not sure years, how, which is a long study. Well, yeah. I mean, it's by the University of uh, Carleton as well, so that that's a credible organization. But you know, Durham versus Toronto, like I can appreciate that those are are different communities. And um, uh, that said, I, I was really disappointed. It just it fundamentally felt like a step in the wrong direction when we pulled the police out of the schools here in Toronto. Yeah. Um, I, and I can understand some of the, the claims this, the study makes about, you know, less bullying in a school. I can get that, you know, authority figures there. Um, uh, so, so, so I don't know how much weight to attach to the study. I haven't seen how it was, how it was all put together. Um, uh, but that said, I, I do feel that we, we've moving in a wrong direction. I think if, uh, if our youth can have positive interactions with, uh, police officers in the school, uh, and you got to put the right, pe- right officers with the right personalities into those settings. Uh, I can, I can only think that's a positive thing. We, we want, we want high school students to, to have a respect for authority, but to get to know and understand that those are people and uh, interact with them in a positive way. And and that will only help that make them better uh, adults, I feel. Yeah, I mean, in the school board in Toronto, um, Jeremy, parents and students overwhelmingly liked the program. It was a very vocal group um, that said no. And I I was actually going to bring up that point, and I thought it was unfortunate because I remember when when the program was stopped in Toronto, the majority of the parents felt that way. I do understand for certain communities, particularly people of color who did not feel comfortable with the police there, that that's something that has to be taken seriously. And I, and it's where it's not the kind of thing that you can just determine on a 50 plus 1% basis. I think these concerns have to be taken seriously. That being said, I don't know if they were sufficient, given that the overwhelming majority felt a certain way to stop the program. I think there are other ways they could have dealt it. They could have, as we say in human rights language, for the students that had a problem with it, accommodated them to the point of undue hardship for the school. So, well, I mean, like, like I think there was a safe zone. Well, well, like, there were other, I'm, I don't want to get into that, but I'm saying, I think there were things, maybe they, they, there was, I'm sure there were measures they could have taken maybe to minimize impact with the police or have some kind of a bridge building exercise where the police would really persuade them. You know, we're all on the same page. We're in this together. 
Um, so I will respect the fact that, you know, even if it's 10%, if it's small people have concerns, they have to be taken seriously. But even I felt, you know, this is a step in the right direction. I remember when I went to school, bullying was tolerated far too much. That's not the case. Now, if we can be building bridges between the police and students in school, I mean, that's where our children yeah. are forming. Then I, I, I mean, to, to stop that, I just think is, is Well, I think to stop it based and with no evidence, uh, you know, of a study to me was just ridiculous. But th- that's the Toronto School Board. They become but, quite, yeah. well, there, there was active, there was evidence according to a very small activist group. Black Lives Matter does not represent, I think, a whole population. I want to talk a little bit about Crane Girl because this this woman, <laughs> uh, look, she took all the headlines by dangling from a crane last April, had to be rescued by a full team of firefighters. Um, she's been given an absolute discharge for pleading guilty to two counts of mischief. She will have to pay a fine in about six months. The cost of this thing was $65,000 to taxpayers to rescue her, put a lot of people at risk. I think we have audio from her. Let's listen to what she had to say. Oh, no, sorry. This is Lauren Honickman, a comment from the lawyer. She was originally charged with six counts of mischief for the interference of a lawful use at that construction site. She's pleaded guilty to two. The other four would be withdrawn. And the sentence, well, it's the best sentence you can get in the criminal code. She got an absolute discharge on both counts. What that means is while there's a finding of guilt, she has absolutely no criminal record whatsoever. Uh, Look, I gotta be honest i think she gotta that, now, that to me is nothing like i that's want ridiculous. her lawyer yeah no yeah, well yeah lauren yeah. honigman is a very good lawyer but well, honestly like the, she put an entire city on standstill for hours but she entered two guilty pleas and also i'm sure the crown also looked at whether there were previous incidents which you know an admission of guilt will always be treated the sentence will always be much less severe when there's an admission of guilt because that's admitting that's showing remorse and that's and you know demonstrating and saving the court costs i mean i understand <laughs> where people might have wanted to see more i think this is the appropriate i think you know she would have to be treated much more severely if there's what happened again but it, look i mean it crossed the line and it wasn't there's a range of behaviors that society considers normal doing what she did that kind of thrill-seeking is outside the second right. or third standard deviation but if i'm a thrill-seeker i'm gonna i'm gonna go hey there's no no penalty it's for that entering of guilt that i think no but i th- but i think that's where the court sort of missed uh missed out here there was a, a need for deterrence right because uh, we all watched and young people watched uh, you know I lost uh, an hour of my life uh, mesmerized, <laughs> we can laugh about it because she didn't fall off and get you killed. did that by choice <laughs> well uh, yeah I did it by choice but it was one of those things that was hard to turn away from um, because you it, like the thrill like she does well <laughs> no no but like I, I certainly don't like the so idea it was so stupid to it was, do it was stupid but what do, you, what do you suggest? Like, what do you think they could have done? Well, well, I think there should have been, a, I think fine. deterrence should have been considered in this. What, what is the message to youth? Like, this is a whole group of thrill seekers who, who I understand, and she's done this before, who try to climb to high, crazy spots in, in the city and take pictures. And it has a real cost. All those first responders oh, know, yeah. used up their whole morning. <laughs> all those construction <laughs> workers, yeah. all those construction workers weren't being productive. Uh, the fact that it was a uh, um, mischief under five thousand dollars. I don't know who's doing the math on this, but I, I can add up a lot more than five thousand dollars really quickly. Oh, sure. Okay. And, and and just the deterrence for the mm-hmm. for the youth, I think, was was what was missed. And, and not to mention, there was an opportunity here for the court to okay, so you don't put her in jail, 
but she's going to pay a minor fine. Um, but send a message that the next time you do this, community work, something, because you know some other idiot is going to go up but, in some crane. And look, we can laugh about it. But you don't know what she has she in terms of money. You don't know if she I has, she doesn't have care. money. Then. But that's her choice. She chose to go into a private construction site, climb up a crane, and be adult. That's her and she's choice. paid a price for it. What price? Well, oh. she entered a guilty plea in a court of law. That's pretty serious. I mean, she had very negative she got media. Off light. She six, had very negative media attention. She probably had people looking at her. She's oh, a that's hero the in some sense. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, she's paid her own price. It was extremely stupid. But I, I don't see how, let's say, given it was a first incident, a more a harsher sentence would have been a more just outcome. I, I don't know. Look, Look. I, there were an awful lot of people that thought she was awesome. There will be that cult, I think, following her. I mean, I'm not saying she deserves, you know, years in jail or waterboarding. <laughs> what I'm suggesting is that you want to make sure that other people don't do it because the next time it might not be such a funny outcome. Well, Last I, point to you, Mike. Yeah, I, I mean, even even if I had seen a certain... Uh, like the judge had sort of wagged his finger and, <laughs> and, and like talked down to her for like five minutes and scared her a bit. I, I would have been happy, but I, I, I've seen no evidence that I just, it, to me, it's just the lack of the message, both to her and to others that this, this is very dangerous behavior that, that also put a first responders life at risk yeah. going up there to, to, to get She'll her. She'll have so, a book yeah. deal in a, in a clothing well, lending. Yeah, the last thing I would say is I think tr- tr- warning people about the dangers of this kind of thrill seeking activity is a way to start. Yeah, Jim. All right, guys. Thank you. Got to end it there. Jeremy Richler and Mike Van Solen joining us here for tonight's Counterpoint. Thanks, Alex.